Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and we are just a few days away from the start of the convention on today's show board member nicole hercules who's done amazing things with the black soccer coaches community Nicole Hercules kicks off the show. True North Sports' Celia Slater will be heading up the assistant coach diploma in Anaheim. She'll break down all the courses and give you an opportunity to get your assistant coach diploma. After Celia, we're joined by Lynn Burling-Manuel, the former CEO of United Soccer Coaches. She will have a special presentation on Friday based on a very successful survey run by United Soccer Coaches. It is titled, quote, what is a soccer coach worth, question mark, end quote. That is Friday at 1130. Then we meet the five people running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. They are in their own voices. Nancy Feldman. Lindsay Kaufman. Giovanni Pacini. Beverly Bianca. And Kat Kostroyarm. Voting has already opened for the position on the board of directors, and it will end on Friday, January 12th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 Eastern time. Be sure to vote. Our show begins with Nicole Hercules, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches Podcast with one of my favorite people of all time. The job she's done leading the Black Soccer Coaches earned her a spot on the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, and more big things are coming for her. Quite frankly, she could be down the road, the president of the United States. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> she joins me now. She's got the smile, she's got the laugh, she's got the passion, and she's got the drive. She's got all of it. Nicole Hercules, welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Dean Linky, thank you so much. It's been a while, but it's always an honor and a joy anytime I get to speak with you. You know that. You, you put a smile on my face, and I can't help but beam the entire time I'm talking with you. <laughs> yeah, well, my face already hurts, uh, you know. <laughs> A few minutes beforehand because we're having I, a smile off here <laughs> we totally are and nicole i'm so excited and so reflective because if anyone's been listening to the podcast i was so moved by the legends event you did at the last convention 
And it's hard to believe we are, you know, about nine days away from you running it back in Anaheim with the Black Soccer Coaches Legends event. That was a special night for everybody, but you know better than anybody, Nicole, how much that night moved me. So let's just talk about that and then what we've done since then. And and here we roll into next Saturday and we're going to do it again. Dean, that event was something that I think was transformative for every single person that was in the room. Ugh, people talk about it all the time, you know, to think about what that's been for our legends who we try to honor, for the current coaches who are doing their best to really represent and be phenomenal at what they do, to the younger coaches that they've inspired who will be getting awards this year, to think about it that this time last year, the Legends Award didn't exist, to what it's become. And like for people like yourself who have been able to highlight and represent the excellence of coaches from everywhere, from all backgrounds. It's truly an hour to have been a part of something that's so powerful and that people are so excited to get back to. And the thing I love about it the most is that it's something that is across all colors. Like it's maybe a black soccer coaches legend social, but all people come together for this event. And I think that's what's the most heartwarming is that it's some place that we all come together to celebrate everybody. One location on that Saturday night, eight to 11, ballroom C at the Hilton. You know, we're going to be excited to do it again, to run it back and to make something that's even more powerful and special for everyone that's in that room. It's for everybody. It's for all of the United Soccer Coaches. Just to let people know we appreciate it. One of the funniest things about that night, and my wife still teases me, is you were so mesmerizing up there and somebody had grabbed me to come up for a picture, but I didn't even know it. And you were talking and all the pictures, my head is looking at you. And <laughs> one of the things I definitely remember you saying is, you know, hey, we have this new leadership board, Andrew Richardson, and then, you know, four deputies, and it's going to be great. But what I did here is you saying, I'm not going away, you talking about yourself. And for me, that's all I really wanted to hear. Uh, I mean, I wanted to hear all of it, but the fact that you're not going away and you haven't gone away, right? Definitely. I, I'm I'm close with that group. Like, I, I love those guys so much. And it, it, it's Andrew and the graphics and the things that he's putting together for the social and just our entire community where, you know, I probably haven't been around them as much as I normally would have been in the last 10 years. That's why I think this social is going to be incredibly special is because we're, re we're reunited with everybody. This group and this population and then being on the board has allowed me to kind of work with more people from even outside of our group that's already so special to me. This association is amazing and it allows me to do a lot of great things that I'm just so thankful for and grateful for. Well, off of that, every single week, we have had somebody that is either a black coach or a black player or a black leader on this show. And I feel like, you know, even somebody like you who's super busy always looks forward to who we're bringing on next. Is that fair to say? I've listened to every single podcast this entire year. And I know our community does because I hear <laughs> Friday morning, you know, I'm, I'm getting my messages from everybody. So it's just become really popular for folks. And it's, I'll tell you what, Dean, I remember when I started with the Black Soccer Coaches Association and you have to hear from all the members. So the relationships that are built are through the good times and the bad. And when there was a lack of representation for black coaches, I'll tell you what you've done, Lee, Dean, and I'm, I'm going to say this and people don't know this yet, but we have given Dean Linky the Ally Award for this year. You've increased representation in a way that's been so meaningful and powerful to our community. We can never thank you enough. There were so many people who didn't see themselves. And you've allowed people's voices to be heard. You've allowed people to be seen. You've allowed people's stories to be told. You've allowed people to celebrate in, in everyone's excellence. 
Um, and we can never thank you enough. You do such a wonderful job with this amazing podcast and just you being the voice of soccer. The power that you hold with your voice and creating a platform for others is so powerful and inspirational. We're looking forward to celebrating you at our Legend Social. So I hope people can come. And anyone that loves and appreciates Dean Linky, make sure you're at our social because we're going to celebrate him and all that you do. Well, I'm moved by that. And I do say that, you know, you really were the buyer for me, Nicole. And I'm so glad that uh, you came into my life, you know, well before that event. And uh, hopefully that uh, you'll be in my life forever. So I look forward to that. And are you allowed to tease some of the other special awards that uh, will be recognized on that Saturday night? And again, just nine days from today. I'm incredibly exciting. I mean, it, it should be out, <laughs> so I, I'll definitely will share it. Our Hall of Fame, this second class, is is a pretty good one. You know, we have longtime coach educator Austin Daniels going into the Hall of Fame. We have Lauren Donaldson, who has just had a killer year. Talk about someone who's had an amazing year. He's going into our Hall of Fame. He's one of the original and founding members of our group. Hugh Menzies going to our Hall of Fame. And Carla Thompson, who's with the San Diego Wave, is going to our Hall of Fame. So this is such a powerful class that's going in together. And the thing that I love about what we've created is like, when I spoke to Hugh Menzies to hear that, <laughs> I called Lord before him, that Lord called him before I was able to call him because he's like, we're going in together. You know? So, you know, they're excited. And I, I just love that we've been able to create that dynamic of people being able to sit down and say, man, I, I've, I've done some good stuff in this in this soccer establishment. And we're just excited to continue to do that good work. It inspires people to continue to do what they do. Uh, I think coaches are special. And I think that's the great thing about United Soccer Coaches is as you get all these people who impact the lives of youth, who develop top talent and do it from the bottom of their hearts. And they're great at it. You know, so to get these people together and to be able to celebrate their accomplishments all in one room, there's nothing more powerful than that. I'll well, tease a couple more, too. Anguchi and Yewu is getting the Standard Award. That's the award that Kanani McAlpin got last year. That is a guy who sets such a high standard of excellence. He has a moral compass. Um, everything that he's doing with the Federation, it's not a, it's, we're not, you know, surprised that he got the, the director of sporting position, vice president of sporting position with the Federation. We're going to have Aston Daniels is going to get in the Lifetime Achievement Award, so we're excited for that. Kadani McAlpin, who in his second year at Georgia, won an SEC championship. You know, there's no way that we can circle back to L.A. and not honor Kadani McAlpin for some of the successes that he has. So he's getting the D1. We have three coaches that will be getting the coach of the year. We'll have a D1, D2, D3. Uh, Travis Brent will be getting the D2 coach of the year. He won a regional championship. Then uh, Scott Waddell is getting the D3 coach of the year in his first year as a head coach. We're just excited. You know, we have a lot of great people. Troy McCarroll is getting a Rising Black Star Award. It's going to be a great night. You know, we're going to have some great, great people in the room. For our Youth Coach of the Year Award, uh, Michael Nessum, he was the U16 national team coach. He's now the U19s. He was just moved up. So we're going to have a great group of people. We just confirmed with the Shea Butter FC girls that they're going to be doing some of the interviews with some of our awardees. So we're excited to have them there. They do a lot in the National Women's Soccer League, increasing representation for Black women. So they'll be there on site, you know, doing some interviews and stuff with our folks. Of course, we're going to have a dance floor once everything's done. We have a live performer. I'm going to say that, guys. I won't tell you who yet. You'll see those. There's going to be a live performer for after the awards. And then right after the awards, once the uh, performer's done, we're going to have our dance floor and our DJ. And we're going to have a great time and send everyone out into the world, you know, happy and excited and doing some great things. Incredible. Nicole Hercules, you know, lastly, 
you know, now that you are on the board of United Soccer Coaches, how has that made you grow, Nicole, in, in all you do for soccer? I'll tell you what, United Soccer Coaches has truly been something that's been life-changing in my life. So to be a part of the board and to help just the governance of an association that's so near and dear to my heart is important. And I think it's important for all coaches to give back, except especially the things that have given so much to you. So to be able to work with board members that I truly love and respect and that we can work together with in ways where we can agree and disagree with love and respect and, and try to do what's best for the association. And then to know the work that everyone who's involved, volunteers, the amount of time that people put into the awards and to doing sessions. This association is special because of the people. That term United Soccer Coaches means something from top to down. Everybody is trying to do what they can to make sure that this association is special, to make sure that we're creating amazing member benefits, to making sure that we're creating the best coaches that are going to come out and, and they're going to do the work that they need to do to develop talent. I'm just so proud to have been brought in to be a board member because there, there really is no, no better gift that I could have been given than to, to help do my best to make this association a better place. With that, I feel like you're the perfect person to speak about the fact that after we hear from Celia Slater and her assistant coach diploma and Lynn Burling Manuel with her special presentation, we will hear from all five people that are running for the vice president for the board of directors. Why is it so important for people to hear their message and vote? You're going to have a lot of people who are running. And I know this year we have five people running, and I think that's a beautiful thing. There's a diversity of choice, which is great. But you have people who are going to come from all walks of life, who have something to contribute to this amazing association that we have, and they want to give their time and effort to do that. So they put together videos, they've put together written reports of the work that they've done. There are some people who have done work for this association that's been top-notch and pure quality for 20 plus years. Some people have come in a little bit later and have done a phenomenal job as well. So it's exciting to see so many people who want to be involved and help this association grow and to continue to be this amazing place that allows coaches to have a place to come together to sharpen each other, to become the best that they can become, to develop talent. Yeah, everyone make sure that you check your emails, get out and vote for these folks because we have five incredible candidates who will truly impact this association for the better. So it's definitely a good year to get out and vote. If you didn't get your email, make sure that you're you're, you're getting your membership together there so that you can get that 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 uh, email so you can vote because we have some really special candidates on this this ballot. Nicole Hercules, I am a proud ally of the Black Soccer Coaches community, honored that you recognize that. I can't wait for that Saturday night. Honored to have you as a friend and honored that you kicked off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. I'll see you in less than seven days now in Anaheim. I will see you and everyone else that's gonna be in Anaheim. Again, Dean, thank you so much for all that you do for being the amazing, inspiring human being that you are. We're gonna celebrate you so hard, my friend, so be ready for that. <laughs> You are truly amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole. Take care, my friend. We are off and rolling when we return from True North Sports. Celia Slater heading up the assistant coach's diploma with multiple sessions. to break them all down after this message. You do not want to miss your chance to join the most eagerly awaited soccer coaching event of the year. Get a special discount with our exclusive promo code United24 all caps. That's United24 all caps. That is a $90 discount after the new price increase. Experience the United Soccer Coaches Convention, an engaging five day gathering of the soccer coaching community 
featuring live full field demonstrations and enriching educational sessions. Join thousands of other coaches in an event that's become a yearly highlight. Connect with soccer's elite, including Javier Zanetti of Inter Milan, Laura Harvey of the Olau Reign, Jermaine Jones of Fuego FC, Leonard Griffin of Calmen Soccer, and Carla Thompson from San Diego Wave FC, among other renowned figures you don't want to miss seeing in person. Are you looking to elevate your coaching expertise? Join the Advanced National Diploma course when you register to refine your skills and enhance your coaching profile. Secure your spot at the discounted rate of $425. Again, using the promo code UNITED24, all caps, UNITED24. Hashtag StrongerUnited24, and we'll see you in Anaheim. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. We have one of our favorites back with us from True North Sports, Celia Slater. Of course, you all know the work she did behind the credentialing program, but her work doesn't stop there as she's on to talk about the convention's assistant coach diploma sessions that'll take place in Anaheim. And with that, we welcome in Celia. Welcome, Celia. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Dean. It's so nice to spend time with you. Happy New Year. I can't believe it's 2024. I know. It's crazy. It's likewise for me, Celia. I always enjoy spending time with you. And I'm just going to give you the floor. Like, tell us much as you can. And Celia, if you don't mind, make sure people also know kind of when and where these sessions are as well. But uh, you fill in the blanks and talk as much as you want. It's a podcast, so let's get it all out there. I want to tell you a little bit of a history about the assistant coach diploma and how it came about. It came about probably, gosh, I've been doing this diploma now for, gosh, at least maybe seven years. It was back before Jeff was the CEO of United Soccer Coaches. He really bought into this diploma concept. And because when you think about all the work we do to prepare, support, and train the head coaches to lead their programs, there was a real void in what we did to support the assistant coaches. And there's such a important skill set of being a very efficient and quality number two or number three in a program. It's an art. It's a skill of how do you support the person that's leading the program, but also work to integrate your values, your ideas, and then sometimes managing up in sharing those ideas, but also maybe giving your head coach some feedback on how they can improve. It's a real interesting conundrum sometimes assistant coaches find themselves in, but they really are a true mental manager where they're managing and working with their head coach, but then they also have the athletes in the team who sometimes feel more comfortable coming to talk to the assistant coach. And then they have to sort through like, what do I tell my head coach? What do I not tell my head coach? There's that whole piece there. There's a real skill set there in just the managing of that role that they have as an assistant, because they're not in charge of the program. They're not going to make the final decisions. So when you're an assistant coach, you're making suggestions, you're not making decisions. The only decisions you might be making are around what do you share with your head coach? What does he or she really need to know? And what do they really not need to know? And then also deciding to follow their inner compass and confront the head coach sometimes if they feel they need some feedback and how to do that how to have those types of 
fierce conversations, just be a really important role player on that staff as an assistant. So let's dive in now. I do need to know, is there still time for assistant coaches to sign up for this diploma, Celia? Yeah, I think you could pick up, I believe there is a spot at the convention that you can pick up the card that you need to get stamped. So you have to attend, I believe, six sessions of the diploma to actually get the assistant coach diploma at the convention. The other thing that I have found too, that's been very helpful for me personally, is I've downloaded the convention app and I've gone through and I found everything with the assistant coach diploma. It tells you the room, it tells you the facilitators, tells you everything you need to know and you can make your own personal schedule, which for me is like gold. I love that app, Um, really helps me get organized on the sessions per day. So it breaks it down per day that you'd want to attend while you're at the convention. So I suggest to all the assistant coaches or all the coaches that are listening, you know, download the app and start making your own unique schedule. So you feel really organized when you start attending in Anaheim. You know what it takes to be a good assistant coach. Can you sum up if somebody does attend? And I think you said the number is six. What they'll take away from this diploma? Let me just uh, share the topics that we are covering. In this diploma this year, we start on January the 11th, which is Thursday. And then we have sessions on Friday and Saturday for the assistant coach diploma. So on Thursday, the 11th of January, we have Mandy Green kicking our diploma off with recruiting DNA of championship programs. And Mandy works with Dan Tudor, who's like the recruiting guru. Uh, The two of them make an amazing team. And she helps you get systems to help you get really organized in your recruiting process. And then the next session for us would be feedback skills for assistant coaches. And this is our favorite, Teresa Tree Beckman, who's going to use part of our team culture model that deals with feedback and offer the coaches different skills and tools they can use to be effective in giving feedback, whether that's to their head coach or their student athletes. And then the third session on the 11th is the role of the assistant coach in developing team culture. You know, we really often overlook that role for the assistant coach and how they impact the team culture. You know, the head coach should be the person setting the culture, but there has to be people in place that uphold that culture and reinforce that culture. And that is a huge role for the assistant coaches. So that's our first day. And then Friday is a big day for us. We have four sessions and we have Mandy Green again about how to get organized. Like this is a huge session for people who struggle prioritizing their to-do list. Mandy is an organizational expert. I highly recommend. If you feel like you need to get more organized, jump in here. And we also have two sessions with my friend, Todd Lewis, who is a life coach and a suicide prevention expert. He's gonna do two sessions. The first one is new rules of athlete engagement, how to gain loyalty and influence. These days, power over athletes don't work anymore. You have to figure out ways to influence them to do the behavior you're hoping they'll do within your culture. And then he's also gonna do a session on mental health and suicide prevention tips for coaches. Todd trains people to be on the suicide prevention hotline. 
He's been training suicide prevention people for years. He's excellent at it. And he's going to provide some tips for us within the team setting to recognize and what kind of actions we should take. Because we all know mental health is a huge, huge part of coaching right now. And the assistants many times find out about those issues long before the head coach does. So I think it's really important that our assistant coaches and head coaches, whoever wants to gain these skill sets, definitely should jump in on that session. The other session on Friday, it's the first time I'm doing a session with Brett Ledbetter and Becky Burley. And we're going to talk with Brett and Becky about the different high-performing environments that they work with and they're consulting with a variety of teams and athletes across the country and kind of talk about the assistant coach role in that, but also for them to learn just the different scenarios that they have found themselves in and what does define an effective assistant coach and what kind of skill sets do they as an assistant coach need to acquire to become a head coach potentially down the road. And then we're bringing it home on Saturday. That was a great segue for my session on Saturday where I'm going to be talking about what are the skill sets to become a head coach? Do you really want to be a head coach? Are you sure about that? Are you just a really quality, amazing number two assistant? And that's okay. So that session, we're going to be talking about what does it take to be a head coach? And then Becky, a little bit later that day, is going to be sharing a simple tool for practicing emotional control. And we have so many coaches that struggle with emotional control, whether that's in the practice pitch or if that's in a game situation. And she has this really great little easy tool that will help be a reminder and keep you mindful when you find your emotions rising and you can catch yourself and have a little mantra for yourself. And then our last session with the assistant coach diploma is one of the favorites and I do it every year and coaches love it. It is mentoring circles with top coaches. So we have these round tables in this room and we put a top coach or a long experienced coach at every table. I ask a question, they answer the question to the table, whatever time is left after they finish answering that question, they can have a dialogue with that coach and ask them anything they want. And then we rotate those coaches after every question to the next table. So you in this session will have the opportunity to probably interact with anywhere from four to six of these top coaches that are willing to be a part of the room. So we have a great list of mentors for that session. Becky, Mike Brown from Iowa Western, G. Guerrera, Jen Klein, Margarita Azoza, Ahmad Brown, Jordan Scott, Michelle from Hawaii, and Kadani McAlpin from Georgia. So far committed. And when I get to the convention, I usually recruit about three more people to come to the mentoring circle. So I think we've got a really great lineup for all of our assistant coaches, regardless of level, to come and grow with us in the assistant coach diploma. Great to use the United Soccer Coaches podcast to remind you that next week the convention will be in Anaheim and you still have a chance to get your assistant coach diploma by attending, it sounds like, at least six of these sessions, right, Sila? You stuck That's on that? Correct. That's correct. You have to attend six and we'll give you the link in the show notes so you can 
find out how to register for those diplomas once you get to Anaheim. Just two more questions for you based on this, Celia. I've been around the game long enough where I feel like the best coaches in the game, particularly after they win something big, one of the first things they do is they admit they can't do it without their assistant coaches. I like when they do that. No doubt. Sometimes assistants, it can definitely feel like a thankless job. So when they are recognized for their support within the the success of a program, it's huge for those assistant coaches for sure. And I feel like too, Dean, like the other thing that we cannot take for granted is we think sometimes as assistant coach, you're in your role, you're being an apprentice to become a head coach where that's not always necessarily true because you're so entrenched in your job description that you're really not thinking, well, this is how I would do it if I was a head coach or the head coach isn't necessarily thinking, what can I do to prepare my assistants to become a, a head coach one day? So part of the, the interesting piece with that is an assistant coach who truly wants to be a head coach one day probably needs to be very intentional about that with their head coach and letting them know and asking for opportunities to grow in that direction. And then once you start to feel like you're getting ready to continue that dialogue with your head coach so that you start to get those opportunities, those opportunities start showing up, the head coach is thinking about you and recommending you for those jobs. Well, that's another great point. Two of the things that you said to me really stood out, and that is sometimes you have to look in the mirror and realize, you know what, I'm a really good number two. I can make a great living being a great number two, and I can live with myself with that. And then the second thing you said is, look, if you want to be a head coach, you need to start having the right mindset that when you get that opportunity, and I would like to think, Celia, and we'll end with this, if they do that the right way, because they were assistant coach, they should know better than anybody the importance of having great assistant coaches when they do become a head coach. Absolutely. Like, remember when you become a head coach and you move those 18 or 24 inches over to that other seat where the responsibility is really going to be huge on you now as a head coach, remember the things that you wanted, that you needed, that made you feel appreciated um, that made you feel like you were growing, just having a good memory and paying attention to what really worked to inspire you and what really didn't work to inspire you and do your best to take what you've learned as an assistant and become a great head coach managing your assistants down the road. Sheila Slater, check it out. She's got the assistant coach diploma sessions going on at the convention. Learn more, get signed up, get your check marks for it as well and learn. Sheila, you always make me smarter and I love the fact that you care about making people better at what they do. Happy New Year to you and thanks for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thank you, Dean, and I look forward to seeing you in Anaheim. Look forward to seeing you as well and I look forward to seeing the former CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Lynn Burling Manuel, who will be involved in a very special presentation on Friday at the convention that is called What is a Soccer Coach Worth? And it is based on one of the most successful survey projects on American soccer coaches that has ever been done. What is a soccer coach worth? Lynn Burley Manuel will break down her presentation at the convention when we return.
As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players, but how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches today at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Hard to believe less than a week away from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, which will begin next Wednesday. We're here and we have been for the last several months talking to all people that are around the convention. It's so great to have the former CEO of United Soccer Coaches, who is still involved, which is awesome. She was involved last year as well, and hopefully she'll continue to be involved. And she's got a special session called What is a Soccer Coach Worth? Talking about the great Lynn Berling Manual, a dear friend. Lynn, welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Oh, thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me. I am a career-long member of the association and will always love United Soccer Coaches. And this was a fun project for me to be involved in. And I'm excited to talk about it. Jeff Van Dusen, the current CEO and my good friend, was kind enough to let me participate in this project. And I'm not going to say he dumped it in my lap because I really asked for it, but it turned into a bigger project than I'd anticipated with really interesting results. So I'm excited to do this. It's based off of a large survey. In fact, I think one of the largest ever surveys that's been geared around soccer. I'll let you explain it. Sure. The blanks. It's been dubbed the compensation survey. And this survey has been done by the association for quite a few years. Nobody remembers exactly the beginning of it. It precedes me as CEO, but it was an annual survey of compensation, a survey of the of our coaches on compensation and issues related to compensation. And when I became CEO, I was kind of disappointed in how we had done the analysis and how we thought about that survey. And yet everybody was so busy and, you know, I was distracted doing other things that I wasn't really able to give it the attention that I thought it deserved. So when I left as CEO a couple of years ago, I went to Jeff, current CEO, and said, you know, would you be open to letting me kind of take a crack at this project? I now know kind of, I suspect why it got the treatment that it did, because once you open this door, it is gigantic and, and really interesting. And quite frankly, I think really important. And I think it is a project that is far beyond simply compensation, but it really is about the landscape of soccer coaches in America at every level. Although it, it's hubbed around compensation and benefits and things like that, it speaks to a much larger picture of what coaches are doing, where they are, and kind of what the future of coaching careers are in America. So it is the largest. Again, this was done in a similar way each time, which was to send out this survey to United Soccer Coaches members, but it's always been promoted beyond the association as well. You could be a non-member and respond to it as well. But we had almost 5,000 responses this year. They came in based on 2023, early 2023 compensation levels and information. It is a giant survey that we send them. It has literally dozens of questions on it. Everything from the education that you have, both soccer education, 
and academic education, how long you've been a coach, how long you've been in your job, what level you're at, how much money you make. Do you have a contract? Do you not? What do your benefits look like? I mean, it's massive. And so when we had all this vast amount of information back, trying to figure out how to look at it in a really useful way was the challenge. Traditionally, the way this survey was analyzed was by coaching level. And that certainly makes sense. Are you a college coach? Are you a club coach? Are you a high school coach? Are you a youth coach? Are you a volunteer? We have done that this time, but we have done a great deal more. We also really looked at, asked our coaches, the coaching audience, how do you identify as a coach? Are you a career coach? Are you a part-time coach? Are you an aspiring coach, one who wants to have it as a career but are not there yet? Or are you a volunteer? Then we sorted all this information, again, both by coaching level, but even more so and in a new way by these kinds of identifications. And that has been fascinating. To get the full details of this survey, it's going to live on the association's member-only portal called the Training Ground, which members have complete access to through either the United Soccer Coaches website or directly through the trainingground.org. It is also the lead story of the cover story of Soccer Journal, the association's magazine that's coming out here in January. And again, I am giving the highlights of this survey at the convention Friday morning at 1130 a.m. I hope we get a good crowd to talk about it. It is, again, called What is a Soccer Coach Worth? But just a little bit of highlights. And again, with a response of almost 5,000, that is statistically very, very meaningful. It is not to suggest that every number or every percentage is perfect, but in terms of the broad strokes of what this is telling us, I would say it is very much on the money. It is both intuitive, as you hear about it, you'll think, oh yeah, that makes sense. But it also helps the coach really begin to think about how do I plan my career today and in the future? And what does this say to young coaches perhaps coming up for the future? I also want to just for a moment, go back to my time as CEO, because one of the reasons why this was so interesting to me is I was meeting a lot of young aspiring coaches who wanted to make a living at being a soccer coach. That was their goal. I want to be a soccer coach. And they were spending thousands of dollars on coaching education, both through U.S. soccer and through the association and other organizations. And much like being a college student, you're counting on the fact that somehow you're going to get a great job and be able to recoup this very significant investment because it was on top of a college degree almost in every case as well. And yet what I was seeing was an awful lot of young coaches who were cobbling together a living. Um, they had two or three teams. They were doing private training. They were doing all sorts of odd jobs. They were often living in their mother's basement or there's five or 10 guys, not five or 10, I'm exaggerating some, but a whole lot of folks living in an apartment. And that's cool when you're 25 and it may still be cool even when you're 30-ish. But as you get older, if you have not landed that career job or really started on that career pathway, your opportunities clearly dry up pretty quickly. 
So I didn't have the big picture of that, but I was seeing that anecdotally. So when this opportunity came along to really look at this information, it, it meant a lot to me to be able to do that and see what we saw. It is a lot. And I've sort of been surrounded by it for a long time now, or for several months. It turned out to be far bigger than I'd expected. So what you're not going to hear from me in this conversation with you, Dean, and maybe not even too much in the, the uh, session itself at the convention are the dollars and cents. Although I can give you a little highlights of those. The bigger issue was sort of how to look at a career. When we ask coaches, how do they self-identify? And again, this is out of almost 5,000 coaches, very representative of the country. We found that 32% of that total considered themselves career coaches. They already were making a full-time living as a coach. But equally 32%, the exact same percentage were part-time coaches. What's interesting about this to me is that these part-time coaches tend to be mid-career. They tend to be 35 to 55. They tend to have good day jobs. Many of us know these guys and gals. They are uh, executives, they are accountants, they are lawyers, they are doctors, and they have one, they played college soccer or even pro soccer, and they love the game. And they have perhaps one, say U17 or U14, pretty high level team that they're very passionate about, but it is not necessarily, they expect to be paid in all likelihood for that coaching, but it's not a, it's not a career for them. It's not a job. It's a part-time gig that they love. The aspiring coach, that young coach who's really looking at the opportunity to make it a career, they were only 12% of the audience. There's not a lot of those coming up but they do have a very hard path ahead. And ultimately I'll speak very briefly to the volunteer coach because this survey, volunteers are important to talk about for just a moment because 11% of our total respondents were volunteers, but in general, what they are not and what is not reflected in this survey is the entry level parent volunteer coach which continues to be a very, very large percentage of particularly the early age youth game. And the reason they're not included in this is they don't self-identify as a coach. They're a mom or a dad who takes on their child's team for one or two seasons. And while their child is interested and while they get the call, if we can't find a coach, these kids can't play. And they may know some soccer, very likely they do not but they are willing volunteers to jump in. When their child appears to want to be more involved and rise to a higher level, they tend to hand their child off to a more experienced coach. The most likely thing is their child moves on to another activity or interest and the parent may move on with them or defer and send their child off to, to do their own thing. There is a subset of that volunteer group that may go on to higher levels, but in general, that introductory parent coach is not part of this mix. They don't self-identify as a coach. They self-identify as a parent who happens to coach their child. It's a wonderful level of the game. I don't want to dismiss it in any fashion, but it is a almost separate part of the coaching community and is, again, not reflected here. We try and make that very clear through everything. But it's interesting to be a career coach today is really there's two opportunities. 53% of our career coaches are college. So that's probably not incredibly surprising. And 33% are club coaches. Those are where the full-time plum jobs are. 
but they're not as many as anybody would imagine. So if you're coming up, and I think what happens is that aspiring coach fairly rapidly realizes that if they don't land that plum job or get on a pathway towards a plum job pretty early in their career path, it's probably not going to happen. And they're going to need to find a career a non-soccer career and and still have plenty of opportunities to coach soccer at, at every point along their path. That part-time coach, interestingly enough, is the backbone in many ways of both high school and youth soccer. 50%, 7% of those part-time coaches are coaching high school and 37% are coaching youth club. So that's a big part of both the high school and the youth environment. And finally, volunteers, 83% of the volunteers are coaching youth soccer and about nine or 10% of are coaching high school and club and in college. So the reason that I frame it this way is if you are considering a career as a coach, it's a reminder that that full-time career is still pretty rarefied air. And we all have acquaintances and friends who make it. But much like being that professional athlete, the actual opportunities are fewer and further between than many of us would hope. What we also find is once a coach finds that plum job, they don't let it go. Again, one of the questions we asked of those 5,000 coaches were, or who responded was, you know, how long have you been coaching? And those high-level good jobs are held on to for years, years and years, and breaking into them is not easy. So this doesn't guarantee what job you get and what you make and how you make it, but it does, I hope, and as you get as a coach goes into the detail of the training ground and education and what does it take to get where you want to go, that's what they're gonna to have to look at really carefully. Based on the largest ever survey project on American soccer coaches' compensation, benefits, demographics, education, and career information, Lynn Berling Manuel will have a presentation Friday of the convention called What is a Soccer Coach Worth? Lynn, I'm sure you're already thinking in your mind that you want to have a takeaway as they walk out of the room after you're done what do you think that is? What do you think your biggest message to everybody? And I always kind of say it in the way, if they hear nothing else but what you're going to say now, have you already thought about what you want to leave them with? Well, I, I'd say it's not to be discouraged about your coaching career, but to think about it in a practical way. The way I plan to open this, this session is to take a show of hands of how many people coach because they just love the game. And it's probably going to be almost everybody. And the second question is how many people coach because they love the kids and they want them to love the game. And that's probably gonna be the rest of the audience. And then what I'm gonna ask them to do is for the purposes only of this conversation, leave that to the side and focus on the career that you want in the game. And where does it need to take you and what other aspects of your career life are important to you? I also think that one of the things I'm going to ask of the leadership of our game, particularly U.S. soccer, is I think it's incredibly important that everybody speaks to coaches. The narrative to me is, well, it's because coaches are making so much money, which is why we have this pay to play and soccer, youth soccer is so expensive. That is not what we are seeing at all. And I think that all of the 
educational organizations really need to think about how they do coaching education, who is it for, and how much does it cost? Because I think that might shift how we look at what do we ask of our coaches going forward. Can you give us an idea on the variance? Because I'm picturing as low as 1500 to a big time college coach that's making close to half a million dollars, including camps. Is that what you saw? Yeah, it is exactly. Sadly, it is exactly that. You know, what we did is we really when we look at college and again, it's by division, it's by length of career, it's by the size of the school. And I don't want to say there are not well-paid coaches because there are. And one of the things we speak to from the, the survey data is that you have to take it as a generalization, and then you have to go down and look really carefully at the market you're in. If you're in a highly competitive market, let's say like Southern California, that has a whole bunch, and there's quite a few places like this in the country, that have a whole bunch of big prominent clubs, there will be more coaching jobs at higher dollar volumes, and you can make 50, 60, $70,000 and up a year as a youth coach. For college as division one or a coach who's in division one has a winning record at a big school and has been there for 20 years, half a million dollars is not out of the question. The bigger question I think for coaches though is, could that be me? And what am I willing to do to get there? And what are my chances to get there? Again, thinking just like a professional athlete, what does the vast number of kids who start that professional track versus the number who actually have significant pro careers? Uh, they're not directly comparable, but it's not so different. To coach a team in this country, a youth team in this country can be you know $5,000 a year. That's where the challenge comes in is to make a living at it. And you're thinking, well, I could coach five teams. Well, are you doing kids a disservice at that point? Because even still, does that make you a full-time salary? Because the reality is your landlord, your mortgage holder, the grocery store, they don't care that you love the kids and they love and you love the game. They care if you can pay your bills. And that's not very glamorous, but it is a fact. Lynn, obviously uh, you did step down a couple of years ago, but yet yep. you're always there at the convention. You're always ready. You're still connected to Jeff. What is it about this association that brings you back every single year, Lynn? You know, it's family. Honestly, it is. I have, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to count how many, how many conventions I've been to, but long before I, peculiar for me is I've never been a coach. However, as a soccer person, both on the business side and a fan and all of those things, this is the place to be. I can honestly say I probably made many of my very best friends in the game as part of this convention. It is a gathering like no other in our sport. There is nothing else like it. And I think that for those who have never been, they have no idea what they are missing. And for those who have not been in a while, it is exactly as fun, connecting, and important as you remember it. And Anaheim is going to be great. Frankly, it's 28 degrees here in Kansas City today, and I am looking to that forward to that 60-degree weather in Anaheim. I'm looking forward to your presentation. Friday, 1130, it's called What is a Soccer Coach Worth? based on a large survey, the largest ever survey as it relates to American soccer coaches' compensation, and it'll be led by... Lynn Berling Manuel. Lynn, always great to see you. Happy New Thanks, Year. Dean. See you in Anaheim. See you in Anaheim.
As the former CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Lynn knows exactly what it takes to work with the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Coming up next, we will meet five outstanding individuals who are running for the vice president spot on the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. All five will receive the same questions and ostensibly the same amount of time. We'll meet all five of them after these messages. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches, less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors is responsible for determining the association's mission and purpose, ensuring effective organizational planning, providing financial oversight, and determining and monitoring United Soccer Coaches program. Candidates for the Board of Directors should possess strong leadership and communication skills, the willingness to think critically and share ideas, a passion for serving the association, as well as qualities, skills, and attributes that strengthen the diversity of the Board of Directors. Candidates must be a current member of the association. The vice president will serve for four consecutive years, followed by one-year terms as president and immediate past president, in total six years of service. Board members are expected to attend meetings regularly and contribute to the strategic mission of United Soccer Coaches. The role of a board member can vary depending on committee service and current tasks of the board. However, members can expect to participate in monthly phone calls, weekly monthly tasks, and other official business of the Board of Directors. Doug Williamson, elected to the board last year, heads up the committee seeking new candidates to run for the board this year. Voting opened on January 2nd, 2024, and voting will end on Friday, January 12th at 11 a.m. Central Time, which will be 9 a.m. Pacific Time for those who are attending the convention. All members should have received an email to vote. If you have not, please reach out to United Soccer Coaches. United Soccer Coaches bylaws currently require all elections for board of directors positions to include two to five candidates on the final ballot and utilize a rank order voting method in the selection process. Rank order voting for five candidates allows voters to express their preferences by assigning a numerical ranking to each candidate ranging from first to fifth. Voters choose their favorite candidate as their first choice, followed by subsequent preference for the remaining candidates. And I need to remind you that for ballots to be tabulated, all candidates must be ranked. Points will be assigned from one to five, with one point for a first choice, two for a second, and on to five for a fifth. The candidate with the fewest points will be elected. That is worth emphasizing because this year, there are indeed five candidates and we're about to hear from them now. Also, I can tell you that you can find more information about all five of these by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. All five will receive the same questions and same format. The order was pulled randomly out of a hat. And the five that you will hear from now in order are... Nancy Feldman. Lindsay Kaufman. 
Giovanni Pacini. Beverly Bianca. Kat Cosrayar. Those are the five candidates, and we hear from them right now. My name is Nancy Feldman, and I am running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Why am I running? Because of what the organization has meant to me during my 40 plus years in coaching. I'm running because it is important to me that current and future coaches have access to the value of membership in United Soccer Coaches, including resources and content, the opportunity to develop and grow to be the best coach teacher they can be, to feel the connection and camaraderie with other coaches and people in the game that being part of this great organization provides. I'm running for the board of directors because strong and experienced leadership is required to sustain, grow, and evolve. The reality is it is a very competitive market now, which looks different than the first 75 years of our existence. And I believe a strong and committed board of directors is imperative to keep any nonprofit relevant and enduring. And finally, I am running to support the professional staff and to be part of collaborating to create vision of short and long-term strategic planning so that the organization can continue to represent and meet the needs of all the soccer constituencies in this country while also, and really importantly, honoring and respecting our past. It was your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. Well, I believe I'm uniquely qualified as I represent a cross-section of the many different segments of the coaching community. Having been a player a long time ago, both youth and adult, a high school, club, ODP, Division three, Division one, assistant and head college coach. I've been a coaching course attendee. I've been a coach educator, which has been one of the most rewarding experiences I have had in my professional life. I've been a volunteer, a board member, and a board chair with other nonprofit soccer organizations. I've been a mentor a few times. I have uh, been a United Soccer Coaches committee member and chair. And those have been a few of my roles in soccer. Um, the game has been central to my personal professional life and experiences from being a 13 year old kid playing youth soccer in Needham, Massachusetts to seeing the explosion of women's soccer starting with both a high school and college team that was only in the second year of existence when I played to seeing some of my former college players excelling in NWSL and facilitating the education program around women's World Cup trips where there were over 60,000 plus passionate fans cheering on the best players in the world. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I think the value of membership is the highest priority. And therefore, I think that's where I would want to make the biggest influence or have the biggest influence. The value has to include evolving coach education, coach development and mentorship. I believe it has to include the many different constituency groups and having people feeling affiliated and having there be useful offerings for everybody. I think that there could be finding more ways to celebrate success and achievement. And I really think we need to interact with coaches that are doing the work and listen to them. I hope I would be someone who would be able to do that or would do that, commit to doing it to really get a sense of the current state of coaches' needs and to be sure we're providing members with what they cannot get anywhere else. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? Well, when you're coming onto a new board, I think the most important thing is to get informed quickly so that you can be confident 
that the fiscal health of the organization is secure, also to ensure that there is clear and sensible short and long-term strategic planning. And of course, uh, to support the professional staff staying on course with the plan and, and their fiscal responsibility. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Well, I'll turn it around a little bit. What has the United Soccer Coaches meant to me? It has meant connection to others in the game, in all areas around the game. It has uh, meant my own personal and professional growth in areas that sometimes have made me uncomfortable. It has meant celebrating colleagues, players, teams, successes and achievements. It has meant honoring those that have devoted their time, energy and expertise to this organization, to the game and to kids and to other people in soccer. And it has meant legacy to commit to something unique. And United Soccer Coaches, the organization is unique. And it has provided me and other coaches the value of membership since its existence in 1941. That, that's what United Soccer Coaches has meant. My name is Nancy Feldman, and I would appreciate your vote because it is important to me that current and future coaches continue to have access to the value of membership in United Soccer Coaches and that we ensure that value meets their needs including resources and content, the opportunity to develop themselves to be better for their players and to feel the connection and camaraderie with other coaches and people in the game that being associated with this great organization provides. I think I have the ability from my unique experience as a soccer coach and a member of this organization since 1986 to both recognize and bring the value of what the organization has been about while recognizing and connecting to the current state of soccer and the needs of soccer coaches in today's game and the world. That was Nancy Feldman. Up next, Lindsay Kaufman. Hi, my name is Lindsay Kaufman and I'm running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because I would love to bring my experience of serving on boards over the last many years, as well as my enthusiasm for the game to United Soccer Coaches. I work primarily with youth, youth 13 and younger, and I feel like my years of experience working with the younger ages and at grassroots levels will bring a new and fresh perspective to the board and some of the goals that I think United Soccer Coaches is trying to achieve. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. My background in the game is primarily as a coach. I am the founding director of an organization called Girls Unite that has a soccer club underneath it. And our goal as Girls Unite is to empower girls through the game, seeing the game as more than just a game, but seeing it as a community, a way to build community and confidence. We make sure that all girls in our area have access to the game. We we don't turn any kids away for inability to pay. So diversity inclusion is a high priority. We have an all-female coaching staff, as well as um, a few boys teams who also believe in our mission, just really believe in making sure that the game is for everyone. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I believe that I can work with all of the committees. I'm currently the vice chair of the LGBT committee. We work closely with the Black Soccer Coaches Committee, 
as well as a few others. And so I think my ability to build bridges um, will be a, a great way to influence and impact the association and its members and really focusing on making sure that girls and women are in the game at all levels as players, coaches, referees on boards, as board of directors, admins. So I, I think that my ability to move in and out of many of the different committees and focusing on girls and women will be the best influence I can make. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? I think the first thing would be to make sure that United Soccer Coaches is more active on the West Coast. So I'd love to help United Soccer get coaching courses, referee courses on the West Coast and make sure that they are accessible to everyone, but especially focusing on girls and women, girls and women of color and to the LGBT communities across the country. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? It means a large network, a large community, a large family that is focusing on making sure that the game is growing and that coaches and players and referees feel supported. And so I want to continue to be part of this community and to help the community grow and to make sure that it's making positive impact on the many communities that it serves and make sure that it's serving more communities than it's currently serving. My name is Lindsay Kaufman, and I would appreciate your vote because I promise to work hard bringing fresh new perspective to United Soccer Coaches. That was Lindsay Kaufman. Up next, Giovanni Pacini. Hi, my name is Giovanni Pacini, and I'm running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because, well, pure and simple, to give back. But now being able to do so on a more substantive basis, serving on the board at this point in my life, and given my my experiences, both personally and professionally, it allows me to address some really important issues in the game and across the U.S. soccer landscape. And when I say U.S. soccer, not the federation, but the actual landscape there that is the United States of America. So, for example, you know, tackling the, the pay-to-play model, uh, which is always a, a conversation and argument that people like to have. But but talk about it and, and address it. Um, you know, is, is it the appropriate model for developing players here in the United States? And we, and when you talk about pay-to-play model, you got to talk about its effects on the lower socioeconomic communities. I'd also like to be able to, to talk about things like expanding opportunities for our marginalized communities. So it's an opportunity for me, folks, at this point in my life, uh, having accumulated uh, some credentials, some experience, to do, to do some things in a rather impactful manner. So in a, kind of in a, on a bottom line sense, uh, that's why I'm, I'm running for board of directors on for United Soccer Coaches. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. Well, I go back a ways. There's a running joke that I have. If, if it's round and someone's kicking it, I'm not too far away or I haven't been too far away. You know, I began playing this game um, when there was no such thing as youth soccer. There was no such thing as club soccer. I played growing up in the Boston area on a CYO team representing my church parish. And thankfully, I had a pretty decent coach. Uh, I was an Italian gentleman, and I, and I got some pretty good coaching early on in my life. But yet, you know, here I am uh, some many, many years later. I'm not playing anymore, thank goodness. But here I am. I'm able to share with all of you after all of these years that I'm a, I'm a master coach. I'm a member of the national staff, the national goalkeeper staff. I served uh, as chair of the then NSCA Technical Committee. I also served as a member of the NSCA Education Committee. 
I also served for the uh, with Tony DeChico on the NSCA Goalkeeper Technical Committee. I was a former NSCAA State Director from Massachusetts, New Hampshire, in Rhode Island. I've been a 30 under 30 mentor. I've, I've produced a number of uh, journal articles, and I've done convention uh, presentations. My goodness, I'm with USYS as an East Region Staff Coach, uh, Director of Coaching Education for the Superliga. The list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. But that kind of gives you all a bit of a taste of, you know, when I started playing way back when, when I was a kid, when there was no such thing as youth or club soccer, to where I am today, having accumulated some, you know, some credentials and experience that I hope to, to use as a member of the board with United Soccer Coaches. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? You know, I think it's it's education. It's education. You know, as, as a coach educator, as a coach developer. And then in addition to that, my years as, as, a, as a teacher, I was, a, you know, I was in public education uh, as a health and physical education teacher. Education to me, it's part of my DNA. It's part of my DNA. And, and over all these years, um, having accumulated the credentials and experiences and served on committees and chaired committees, I'm at a point where I think my impact on the area of education uh, can be fruitful, can be positive, can be impactful, can be compelling. It's an area that I think for the, our organization that we can still improve on. We can still grow. We can still improve on. And again, it's an opportunity for me, given those experiences, given those credentials, that I can uh, hopefully make some some inroads uh, in that area, that being education. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? Well, first and foremost, this may sound weird, uh, shut my mouth, open my ears and open my eyes. Uh, that's what you do immediately. I remember when I became a member of the education committee uh, for the then NSCAA, and I recall looking around the table and being amazed at the people I was sitting with. And we all had a hand at the time um, with formulating the content, the methods, the approaches, um, what, what ultimately became you know, our, our, our coaching education program. And I didn't say much early on. In fact, I, I used to be made fun of it. Like, hey, Giovanni, are you going to say anything? But I was wise enough to know, Dean, that when you dive into something so substantive, in this case here, being vice president on the board of directors for United Soccer Coaches, you go in with your mouth shut, your eyes and your ears open, and you listen. And then you 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 you, you determine what the, what the landscape is, what what people what what are folks' agendas, what is the broad agenda for for the board as as a whole. And then when you feel you've got a feel, you you you're at a point you've got a feel for what's going on, what people's agendas are like, what their personalities are like. Who can you work with? Who do you need to, you know, maybe, you know, talk to a little bit more to, to create a, a good relationship with? Then, and only then, you start opening your mouth and you, sh you share what you have on your mind. But yeah, Dean, you shut your mouth. You open your eyes, you open your ears, and you listen. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Dean, I've been a member since 1982. Uh, that's, a, that's a couple of years ago. I wouldn't be where I am today without the NSCAA and now United Soccer Coaches. Um, it has proven to be the cornerstone of my professional development, and it, it has had uh, a lasting effect on, on me personally as well. When I first decided to, you know, to get educated, I was a high school coach back in my hometown of Weymouth, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, being a young, brash guy, I played a little bit of professional soccer. I thought I was a hot shot. I realized early on, Dean, I didn't know squat. I didn't know squat about the game. So it was Joe Maroney, the late, great Joe Maroney, who was my inspiration. 
toward uh, my taking my first ever coaching education course and uh, subsequently courses through the then NSCAA and now United Soccer Coaches. It has meant everything to me. It, and even though I, I've, I've gone off and, you know, got certifications in, from U.S. soccer and, and, uh, and other areas as well, it's this organization, this organization that has has meant the most of me. And I still, when I talk to people about, you know, my credentials, and I have a lot of them, it's great, but I always begin and end with um, the, the courses and the education, the impact that United Soccer Coaches has had on me. Hey there, my name is Giovanni Piccini, and I, I would really appreciate your vote uh, because, well, I bring a, what I'm going to call a multi-dimensional set of skills to the role. Well, first and foremost, as a soccer coach and a clinician and as an educator, uh, my, my credentials and my, my background is very, very well documented. Number two, as a teacher, I spent 24 years in public education as a health and physical education teacher, as well as uh, serving as a first-year teaching professional mentor, and I served and chaired on a number of curriculum committees. Number three, in business. I grew up in a family business, and I learned from the best business teachers, my parents, on how to be successful, how to manage people, and above all, managing the bottom line. Because at the end of the day, United Soccer Coaches is a business is a business and we must apply business principles in order to be successful. And last but not least is in the media, my background in the media. I host a very popular podcast. This is not a shameless plug, but it's the GP Soccer Podcast. Uh, I have hosted soccer radio shows in the Boston area on, on local stations, WJDA, and then on WMEX. I'm a voiceover artist and I've appeared on a number of cable television programs in the area of soccer. So what makes me unique, what separates me is this multidimensional set of skills. And I hope uh, they prove uh, to be uh, you know, uh, very valuable to all of you, uh, members of United Soccer Coaches. That was Giovanni Piccini. Up next, Beverly Bianker. My name is Beverly Bianker, and I'm running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because... I've grown up in the game of soccer. I've lived the game of soccer and I've coached the game of soccer. The Soccer Coaches Association, United Soccer Coaches, has been an incredible asset to me in my growth and development as a player. I want to give back to that program. I want to give back to the organization and the people that have been so much in my lifetime and in my experiences through the sport and through my profession. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. As a part of a military family, we moved 22 times. Picture yourself a new kid at a new school. You have your soccer ball. It's your 15th school. You roll the soccer ball out, hoping that someone's going to kick it back. Suddenly, someone kicks it back. You strike up a friendship. Every place I went, we moved 22 times before I graduated from high school. Every place I went, I carried that soccer ball. That soccer ball was a key thread to everything that made me, me. It brought teamwork, integrity. It brought collaboration. It instilled respect, but it was mainly a connecting fiber. That connecting fiber led me from a hobby of coaching soccer at the recreational youth and extracurricular level to my profession, 25 years coaching, resulted in my 17th year at North Carolina Wesleyan. So that sport, that ball, is the one thing that made me who I am. It was the one constant and the one thing I want to pass on. I want to pass the ball out to other people, and hopefully they'll kick it back to me. 
What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? So I started off with the United Soccer Coaches Association and the education program and the licensure program. I eventually got established as one of the associate instructors in my area. I was taking the courses out and the information out to local coaches. I feel like that's something that I could really do. I'm an adjunct professor at my current university, and teaching is something that I do. Being a part of that education program and kind of invigorating it and reestablishing the importance of getting out into the community and extending the education to anybody who wants it helps to enhance the sport and brings more people into our environment and gives them the opportunity to succeed. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? I've got my master's in sports psychology. And what I've noticed is if there's one thing that we really need to start focusing in on is mental health of our athletes. And I feel like kind of bringing in programs, resources, and supports that can help coaches when they're looking for help in dealing with the mental health. The mental health aspect of our athlete is a part of the whole athlete. And I feel like we're doing a, a pretty good job of educating our coaches to make them better athletes, but we need to continue to do a better job in relating to athletes that are in crisis, that are dealing with mental health issues, and giving coaches and players the tools and resources in a unified platform, such as the United Soccer Coaches Association, is going to be an incredible resource. And it's going to be something that's not only going to help the athletes now, but it'll help them in the future. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? United Soccer Coaches is an association made up of like-minded people who share the same passion, the same drive, and the same initiative to continue playing the sport and bringing people into the sport and incorporating these fibers that connect us all. It's a universal language. And the United Soccer Coaches Association, being the largest coaching association in the world, has so many incredible people in it. And getting to know them and sharing information and being a part of their cultures, learning about the world as a whole, is going to make us all better. It's going to make us all one. And I think the United Soccer Coaches Association is an incredible, incredible organization that brings everybody together from all nationalities and it gives them the opportunity to be a part of something and be heard. My name is Beverly Bianker, and I would appreciate your vote because I feel like there's so much more that we can do to enhance this incredible organization. And I believe bringing in experiences and education and support resources and courses for coaches and student athletes addressing mental illness will only help to enhance an already tremendous program. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm honored to be in the last five, and I look forward to the opportunity to work on the board and bring some of the things I spoke of to a reality. That was Beverly Bianker. Up next is Kat Kosroyar. Hi, everyone. My name is Kat Kosroyar, and I'm running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because I want to bring my unique cross-cultural and international experience, especially since we have several communities that are represented within the different branches at United Soccer Coaches. I want to ensure that there will be collaboration from the strongest minds in U.S. soccer and various levels of coaching experiences. No one should be left behind. 
We have an extremely successful soccer program, and I want to help accelerate it and take it to the next level. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. So I've been playing soccer since I was five years old. I've been playing for my state team at a club team that was top 20 in the U.S. back when I was playing. I played for the regional team. I also helped start the Iranian women's national team, captained it, and we were able to make large headways across Asia and also the Middle East. This in turn became a domino effect across the Middle East where other countries also wanted to participate in women's soccer. But Iran was at the forefront because it is the national sport. I ended up becoming nominated by FIFA and the Asian Football Confederation to lead the way in uh, coaching education starting when I was just 21. I have about 10 years of experience as a uh, assistant coach and two years as a head coach of the national team. I was nominated best coach of Asia back in 2019, where the other nominee was the head coach of the Japanese women's national team. And she was also my mentor. I'm now currently the board member of Women's Equality and Soccer Foundation. This brings you know, all different factions of uh, soccer, not just women, but both men and women at various levels to help create environments to excel in soccer. My skills also within the soccer world help bring together a strong team to help evacuate the Afghan youth women's national team to Portugal. I didn't just help bring them to Portugal, but I helped lobby for them to play across Portugal in various teams there and to also be able to live while they're playing soccer, which is something that they love. I've also coached in the U.S. at O.L. Rain Academy team where I coached players like Smith and August Hunter where Smith is one of the national team players, and also Katie O'Kane, who is a leader in women's soccer in Utah. And aside from uh, this soccer experience, I have two masters, one in chemical engineering and one in global affairs. And believe it or not, they all come very handy together for my love in soccer. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I want to bring my global development and coaching education from an international uh, perspective at the forefront of what I want to do if I am selected. I have quite creative and innovative ways of making this work because I have helped elevate soccer across the Middle East. And I'm not just talking about Iran, but in the UAE, in Saudi Arabia, in Uzbekistan. And also I've helped elevate the game in, in Beijing and China where you know, one of my colleagues is Soon Wen, and she is FIFA Player of the Century. So, you know, having this global development and business development mindset, I want to help build these opportunities, especially the collaborative opportunities, both domestically and take what we have and take it internationally as well. Like I said, we have several coaching communities that are representing various parts of the world and various sections across the U.S., but why not take that and elevate it to the next level? Maybe we can even invite different programs within the U.S., but you know, we are at the forefront of uh, global soccer, so being able to have that knowledge share, I think, is where I will be able to help excel in this position. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? I would like to bring my business development experience and you know explore global development opportunities for United Soccer coaches. You know, the World Cup is close and to be able to help coaches elevate the game to help make the best World Cup ever is going to be one of my top priorities because we need to show as a nation 
and as coaches in this nation that we are at the top and but that will take some time to modernize our coaching education system and also to help bring uh, different tools that you know may help bring in different innovative aspects to the game because soccer is ever-changing there's always new tools and ways to modernize the game and how to bring that as a coach to your team and to individually to your players but more importantly how are you exposing yourself as a coach to stay at the top what does the united soccer coaches mean to you it is the strongest organized coaching community in the world i have never seen any organization that exists like this. And I have lived in several countries, more countries that I've worked in, but being able to have an organization that represents several backgrounds and also several cultures, it is the epicenter of coaches around the world. And we are representing that in the U.S. And United Soccer Coaches means not just a community, but a community that represents so many different factions within the soccer world. To have a community like that, you're always going to have to learn how to modernize to stay ahead of the curve. And that is what United Soccer Coaches means to me. My name is Kat Kosroyar, and I would appreciate your vote because I can take my global experience and bring together my love and passion for soccer and continue with this path. Coaches are coaches, but we are at the forefront of making and creating huge change within our communities and also within our country. I can help lobby for huge soccer tournaments around the world, for coaches and for players, and help get us connected to international events because that's where we belong. We are the United Soccer Coaches. We are at the forefront of soccer everywhere, and we should be able to help expose all our hidden talents so we can always stay at the forefront of soccer in this country. Once again, the five candidates running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors are... Nancy Feldman. Lindsay Kaufman. Giovanni Puccini. Beverly Bianca. Reminding you that voting opened on January 2nd and will end on Friday, January 12th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank all the great people at United Soccer Coaches, especially want to thank those five people that are running for the board of directors. I need to thank Brandon Milburn and my producer, Colin Thrash, for each and every one of them. And all of you, I'll see you in Anaheim. And don't forget, next week's United Soccer Coaches podcast will be released on Wednesday, the start of the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Be sure to stop by Media Row at the United Soccer Coaches Convention and say hello. For now, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in Anaheim for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.